0: It's shiny. It's awesome. It's cool. It's a piece Good. of hardware that I can give for my baby boy. Porque eu não comi I antes. Não, absoluto. Hold on I'm talking, brother. 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 Hold on I'm talking, brother.
1: Hold on I'm talking, brother. Hold on I'm talking, brother. Hold on I'm talking, brother. Hello and welcome back to Hold on I'm talking, brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our return episode. Uh we would have been back last week to record, but Tom was um Disposed, uh, stuck out in the Italian countryside, and was unable to uh, record.
0: Tom, how are you doing? I just about made it, Joe, but um, you really did. Eh, so yeah, I had a had a little issue with a with a rental scooter down in the south southeast of Italy, and uh, I couldn't make it to the pod. It's been it's been paining me ever since the inconvenience of the scooter breaking down was nothing compared to the grief I felt for not making the pod last week
1: I've noticed something as well Tom is that you're unable to record every time that you lose and I'm not saying it's a pattern and I'm not saying that these are excuses but they are (laughs) and uh, I'm sick of your bullshit why do you you always duck me whenever I
0: win Uh, Joe, you got me (laughs) there was no scooter there was no italy uh it's the shame you know i just i don't know i was riding high it always it always catches me off guard i feel like we've reached a new kind of equilibrium and that equilibrium is no equilibrium i.e i win and you lose and when something upsets that i just i can't deal with it
1: right fair enough fair enough listen listeners we will get to ufc 279 or 274 sorry 279 jesus way in the future uh 274 in a little bit, but first, let's talk about the most recent event, the UFC Fight Night, Blahovich versus Rakic, which ended uh, with a TKO victory for Jan Blahovich after Alexander Rakic blew out his knee, uh, his right knee, uh, apparently did his ACL, uh, and I didn't know this go, uh, afterwards, but um, apparently in his career, he has torn his LCL and ACL in his left knee as well um, before this. I... This is a. We'll get to the actual result, but this is a bit of a worrying uh, trend for a man who is 30 um, to have these sorts of knee injuries. And case in point was the guy who was doing commentary that night, Dominic Cruz, um, who basically lost the peak of his career to this. Um, I'm going to ask a question here because people are saying this guy will eventually become champion. Tom, do you think Alexander Rakic, with these injuries and the way that this one happened, will even get to the chance to become a champion uh
0: it was it was shocking um and in the fact that it you know it's not like it was on the leg that jan was attacking people were saying maybe because he was compensating for the damage he'd taken on his other leg putting more strain on that knee that could have been yeah. a decisive factor but when you look at the injury history of rakic the fact he's actually coming off a long layoff now to get to yes. this fight it 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 is concerning, and I definitely at one eyebrow was raised when Jan said to him, "You'll be champion one day." Um, yeah,
1: I, I don't know which, when that will happen.
0: Don't bet the house on it, Joe.
1: No, I'm, I and I do. I get I don't know from this fight. I was actually quite impressed with Rakic,
0: particularly that second round. I don't know if you had the same uh, impression. Well, round one for for Jan, for me, and round yes, yeah, same. Two, yeah, round two for Rakic. Yeah, it was set up to be a really interesting fight. Um, very exciting. I would love to have seen the true result. You know, I know Jan felt like it was a legitimate <laughs> TKO. He's moved on. Well, uh,
1: you know, that knee damage didn't happen for nothing. So maybe it was that compensation. He was aiming to blow out his ACL with that compensation. I
0: mean, I mean Jan, he is... Something of an enigma, you know? He looks a little bit, like, stodgy. You look at him in comparison to Rakic. Rakic is like a test tube super soldier, no? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Terrifying build on that guy. Uh, Just unbelievable.
1: And then Jan has this sort of kind of thin legs. Long pole-like legs. Mm -hmm. Pole is in a wooden pole, not because Mm -hmm. it's Polish.
0: He's got the kind of distended
1: ribs. Yeah. He's got this kind of squat torso. Yep. And
0: yes, he's, he's so fast Joe he's like he is he really rips those shots as well you, you kind of look at them side by side you think Jan's Jan with his age with his builds with yeah. everything he's going to be at a disadvantage for both power and speed but he really gets some whip on those shots we both remember the, the shark bite remember yes. Dominic, oh, Reyes? Dominic Reyes yeah. <laughs> rest in peace <laughs> uh, I mean yeah. I, I think it's it's happened again here to racket shot those leg kicks were, were something else weren't they
1: it was the leg kicks, first off. He was firing it at the lead leg of Rakic. But what really impressed me is that Jan Blahovic is one of maybe four fighters in the UFC who checks leg kicks. And he was facing a guy who did not do that at all. When Jan was firing those leg kicks, Rakic was just kind of sitting on it and leaning into it, just, like, trying to hope of, like, toughing it out. Whereas Jan literally just pivoted his his shin so that Rakic was throwing his, his uh, right leg, his... Uh, Rear leg, sort of like in that sort of sweeping motion, and Jan checked pretty much all of them. Um, I'm wondering if that led to any sort of damage down the line. Probably did, you know, maybe not towards that injury. Apparently, uh, Rakic said that he had an injury in camp on that right knee four weeks ago, and it's like, maybe you shouldn't have taken this fight then. Hey, no. f- hey,
0: Francis has set down the gauntlet, Joe.
1: That's true, he should have come need- out with the double, the double Knee braces, the Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> Knee braces and maybe Rakic Would have been, you know, victorious um, But yeah, Jan is He proved a lot Of people wrong, you know A lot of who, 39 who, year old former champions Don't normally get back towards a title shot But he's getting back there Who, um, who did you have Favourite going in? Uh, I had Rakic um, Because I thought the wrestling Was going to be quite integral to this and I, after that last performance against Glover, I was just thinking, maybe Jan is on the way down, but he clearly isn't. He he really isn't at all. He's got something left to give at the top of that division, and I think we should savor this. We should savor the fact that this guy, who, as we said, doesn't look like a, a world beater physically, is. He is a problem for these guys, and I, I would have him in a number one contender shot
0: next. Well, that is uh, that is the way it seems to be laid down. Glover, of course, said that uh, Jan is next. I thought it was very interesting that Glover is kind of looking through Pahashka, looking through his yes. June fight with him. It doesn't seem something that's becoming of, you know, the kind of grandfather of the sport. No. To look through a guy like that. Um, what do you think about that, Joe?
1: What that he's looking... I I guess there there is the bravado element of, like, I've already chosen my next opponent. You know, and they clearly
0: have a lot of respect for each I, other I as mean,
1: well. Listen, so maybe there's check, that side of it. But if you're looking past
0: Prohashka... if you're Kamara Kamarowzman, yeah. if you're Israel Adesanya, then maybe you can start to say, "Well, I'll have you know, Cannonier next, and then uh, we'll pick someone else." You know, then then I think you you kind of earned the right to lay it out like that if you've <laughs> miraculously won the belt uh, yeah. and have zero defenses. And are 43 years old <laughs> <laughs> fighting a guy who you're going to be an underdog against in Yuri Pahashka. Right? I really think um, strange from Teixeira. Yeah.
1: Does it yeah. excite
0: you, the prospect of that fight, Teixeira, Jan too? A
1: little bit. They're two, they're two boys. I, I respect them. I, lo- I love watching them. You know, I, I feel like there probably was something up with Jan in the last time they fought each other. Maybe he wasn't fully there. So I would be down to see it again. Listen, I don't think we're going to see it again as a title fight. It might be a fight night main event at some stage. You know, um, I I don't know. It's a bit of a weird move, as you say, because Prohaska is this oncoming storm. um, And to look past him is a bit foolish, in my opinion.
0: Last question on this uh, on this kind of title picture at light heavyweight um, mm. where does Ankalaev fit in?
1: Well he has a fight with um, Anthony Smith lined up doesn't he? So
0: he wins that and he's next.
1: Would you say that with Anthony Smith
0: won would he be next? No. <laughs> well then <laughs> I absolutely would not say that no.
1: If Ankalaev wins yeah I'd say he's next and then Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting as well how this is just such like an Eastern European division, Joe. It really, it really is. I love it.
0: Where does Ryan Spann fit into all of this?
1: <laughs> he he fits in. Does it? In, in he in certainly
0: Komen's. he certainly believes that. Does he? Uh, he Joe. I mean, did, uh, he was also on this card. Listen, it's just I guess we move on to that fight now. Yes, uh, Ryan Spann with a pretty hellacious finish. <laughs>
1: yes to use my word hellacious Hellacious. Uh, uh, yeah eon kutilaba we love a bit of eon on this pod let me tell you listeners um just charging at ryan span trips loving it whatever ryan span unloading and then ryan span with a palm to palm guillotine choke i love that technique i love the pushing of the palm technique i love that move so much it's so tight Do, do you know who didn't like it who didn't like
0: it? Yon Kutalaba. He was, <laughs> he, he was done. He locked it in, immediately panicked, went to the map to try to escape, and that was it. That was all she wrote. Tapped immediately. So, I, nice win. I wasn't win.
1: expecting. I wasn't expecting this from Span either. It was, it was a surprising win or well, method for
0: victory. Th- and you are not alone in that. Uh, you know, you. I think you'd have banked a pretty handsome reward if you had picked Span to win by submission. But it's not the first time for him. You know, he, he has racked up a few of them, and that is a favoured technique of his. So maybe but, not one dimensional. But as you say,
1: where does Ryan Spann fit into all this, Tom?
0: He and is j- go on. Well, that no, it's just the, the guy he screams and you know, he screams Greg Hardy. He just screams it to me. No. Like no. he ju- the energy he has is like this. Oh
1: right, I thought you meant as a fighter his personality.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean I I also wouldn't mind him being matched up with Greg Hardy uh, if in bare knuckle <laughs> fc in a few years time. <laughs> But uh, no, yeah, just his presence, like this. It's like, yeah, like real a lot of a lot of narcissism. Uh, now I don't want to hate on the guy. He's come off a win. He he can be entertaining in the division. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just I, a bit I, of chest. He's nowhere near the title picture anyway. But
1: no, he is. He's one of these guys that I think is fodder for the top of the division when they've come off a loss or two aren't they like anthony smith actually is a great example of that he had that um main event against smith when a bunch of fights fell out and they had to main event it and smith choked him out um yeah he's entertaining enough eon i'm i'm actually more concerned about eon more than ryan's happy for ryan span 'Cause I do not want to lose Ion Kutalaba from the uh UFC light heavyweight division. He is the light heavyweight Jai Herbert. Like this guy he wins spectacularly and he loses in an even more spectacularly. Um yeah, I love a bit of Eon.
0: Yeah, I mean he's got the knockout over um sorry, Eon he he's got favourite knockout of his was that it was against Roundtree, you know, Khalil Roundtree yes. with the elbows. Yeah, that was good. No, he's
1: uh, he's uh, he's quite quite the the fighter. Uh,
0: should we talk about what was your favourite fight on this card, Tom? Favourite fight on the card? Uh, that mm. is that is a good question. That means I got licence to skim down a little bit, uh, and yeah. l- look ahead. Mm. Um, I mean, you have got the homegrown talent, Davy Grant. Pick, I love pick, that fight. Picking up the winner, the Smoker Smoker, obviously. Kind of threatening the comeback, turned it around in the second round, having been yeah. well outclassed, hit hard for five minutes in the first round. Most people were counting him out. Came yeah. back and, and really pushed Grant to go and get that TKO. That was a great, great fight. Great um, fight. You got Ma- Ma- Manuel Torres. I enjoyed his fight yeah. over, with Camacho. I loved that finish.
1: Uh, that was a nice finish. Uh, really sort of poured it on in the end over Camacho and just swarmed him. Um, yeah, Davy Grant Smolker is definitely the best fight I saw, but I've got to give a bit of a shout out for, uh, Alan Nascimento against Jake Hadley. I really quite enjoyed that fight. I thought he was very good. Nascimento, um, I like a bit of that. I like a bit of a grapply boy. Uh, he was, he was hitting some really cool sweeps in that fight. Hadley as well, engaging as well. I quite enjoyed the fact that he was willing to, uh, dive in there against, uh, a teammate of Oliveira's, well, th- so you know he's legitimate th- down there.
0: I think Hadley genuinely believed he'd have an advantage there, which uh, is s- madness. Yeah, it does speak a little bit to his preparation and, and, you know.
1: But, it did make for an entertaining fight, so I'm, in, I'm down to watch both of these guys uh, again uh, at flyweight. And uh, Caitlin and beat Amanda Hebas. Okay. Um, Michael Johnson, did you see uh, he Joe, got the knockout win? Quick, quick note
0: on that. Uh, Quick note on that. I actually watched all of that fight. Wow! <laughs> How did you score it? Um, I thought it was the right result. Two rounds yeah, to same. one for Chukagian. Um, yeah. yeah was... is
1: in a is in a weird position, isn't she? Because she was getting a bit hyped up at strawweight, then lost to Marina Rodriguez. Um, as, went up to flyweight for this fight, thinking if I beat Chukagian, I could get a title shot. Obviously, then lost. Kind of feels like she's a bit directionless and she acknowledged that she had a head movement issue in a previous fight and said, I will be doing lots of head movement in this fight and then proceeded to do none. So, um,
0: what I loved, was Paul. which brought a smile to my face thinking about Hibas in this fight, was, um, well, first I loved the shaman, the walkout shaman. The, did you watch the walkout? That was, uh, love it. that was intense. Inspired by Northman, I think. Yes! <laughs> um, and then I also loved the way that she fainted so obviously, normally, when you're fainting, you're trying to draw out your opponent's attacks, you're trying to uh make them unsure about launching their own attack, you know because yeah. you might be threatening something yourself now, hebas has found another way, and that's instead of like blocking any shots that come down the middle mm. uh whilst fainting, she puts her arms out very, very wide <laughs> in a kind of like y m c a type motion, yeah, and waves them around. And then just charges headfirst at, at, at her opponent. That I haven't yeah. seen that in the UFC before. Um, and yeah, I, I'd say Ch- Chukagin quite enjoyed it as well because she was finding that one-two down the middle yeah. again and again and again. Was, <laughs> yeah. did, 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 there, there, did you notice this? This like waving arms out it wide. It was weird. So Chukagin
1: would just, like throw like, uh, let's say, a body kick, for example. Hebas would back up, wave her hands in the air, Start edging forward, and then would throw shots from these like high-handed angles. It was just like, well, I know that you're obviously going to start using your hands. Or if she if she threw out a fucking Lyoto Machida front kick and knocked Ukegin out, be like, wow, that is genius. Like, but it was just bizarre. She obviously wanted the whole time to get to the clinch so she could do the judo throw down to the ground. Achieved it twice, I believe, or three times in the fight. Um, had a lot of control time because of it in the first and second round. Yeah, that's. I, that's why I gave her the first if I remember correctly um but just bizarre performance um I think that she needs to potentially just go to like a wrestle heavy camp and just work on takedowns endlessly and then just build her offense off of that because she's clearly got the grip and the throw ability to get people down be an interesting skill to be taking into that strawweight division because there's not many women that have that, uh, we will talk about the new strawweight champion in just a moment uh, who demonstrated that ever so slightly in her title fight but yeah, it was, it was an interesting uh, performance from Hibas uh, slightly disappointed with um, Juke Kagan winning in a way because she's just going to get to another title shot and get get murked again isn't she so uh, just a weird division, a yeah. weird weird division yeah. um, can we talk about quickly about um I don't want to talk about the Andrea Lee corner stuff. I thought that was disgusting. I just would rather not talk about it at all.
0: Can we talk about Michael Johnson? His knockout winner, Alan Patrick. That was wicked. I he's did see, I saw the knockout. I didn't watch the fight itself. I'm happy.
1: I'm happy that he's. He was playing. He was. He was performing very well. Performing very well. Slipping
0: shots, landing. Uh, big counters. I mean the guy's an enigma, Joe, you know. <laughs> he really truly he can beat to say the least. Can beat anyone, you know, the infamous time when he rocked Khabib maybe. Yeah. Uh and obviously has wins over some real top names, but he could win or lose on on any night. Um Yeah. Yeah, he's fu- he's fun to have around. Still only 35. Michael Johnson, so Yeah, he's someone that I would like to see him you know, one fifty-five. Let's keep him in just some interesting fight. Oh, I've just been on. I've seen his last fight out was against Clay Guida. He dropped a decision loss yeah. to Clay Guida. Yeah, that is dirty. <laughs> dirty. Wow. He was on a four-fight
1: uh, losing streak. Oh, he had the Josh Emmett knockout. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he's he's very up and down. But listen to this run. Can I just? This was this was a run of fights that he took. Uh, Edson Barbosa, Benil Dariush, Nate Diaz, Dustin Poirier. <laughs> Khabib Nurmagomedov, Justin Gaethje, and Dang. Darren Elkins. After and that. Darren Elkins <laughs> the damage
0: himself. Yeah, no, look um, crazy. I mean, he's really been there. He 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 can t- he can tell a story. Uh, oh, he can sure. definitely say he was there. Anyway, bring it on. Good for you, Michael Johnson.
1: Yes, indeed. Right, UFC two seven four. We're a couple of weeks removed from it now, and we'll talk about the main events straight up. Let's just get this out there now. At what? Place do we put Charles Oliveira in the pantheon of the lightweight division now?
0: Well, uh, of course he did lose lose the belt here um, because of the shenanigans. He's the champ. He's the champ. He's the champ. He certainly thinks so. It's very it's very hard to argue against that. Can we uh, can we just talk about the scales thing? I, I think we have to. It's it's nonsense, isn't it? Like. So just for the listeners who who might not be clued into this fight just now, Charles Oliveira uh, didn't make weight. Championship weight for lightweight is 155. Usually you get a little bit of leeway on the scale, uh, but not if you're fighting for the belt. Charles yep. came in at 155.5. Other mm. fighters before him who do have that leeway uh, had commented that the scale seemed to be out by about half a pound. Mm. Um, Oliveira was then given the chance to come back on weight and he wasn't able to shed that half a pound and unfortunately lost his belt before stepping into the cage
1: yeah it was um it was bizarre some of the stuff that came out afterwards it's very interesting did you hear dana's comments about this where they're now going to have a security guard on the scales in the back because according to him the european fighters were changing the scales to go kilos and May have fucked up the
0: scales for everyone. <laughs> that's so every- such a joke. That is like your mum complaining when you like did something with the internet, you know, and exactly. then the TV doesn't work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dana is aging himself with that comment.
1: Yeah, that's a, it's a very odd comment. Um, the other take was Tony Ferguson broke the scales. Did you see this? No. Because when to- Tony got on the scales, he jumped on the scales up and down, and he may have thrown the scales off. That is another theory. That it is know.
0: absolutely insane that we're dealing with this in 2022. It's it's, it's bananas. Like, it's what ridiculous. Is, How can we have a bloke tap in the thing
1: yeah. like this? And it's so inconsistent. Like, remember when, when Khabib fought Gaethje? He gets on the scales, whatever. You've got to wait for the thing to set. It <laughs> moves slightly. Like, ah, yeah, bang. <laughs> yeah, great, perfect. Yeah. On, on a, and Khabib was like, oh my God, thank
0: Christ for that. <laughs> And DC, of course, was championing that to be done in this case here. Like, ah, what's a few pounds over the the weight? (laughs) Let him go. Let the boy
1: fight. I I somewhat agree with DC. I somewhat agree.
0: (sighs) Joe, you have to make weight. Yeah, you have to make weight. Come on.
1: Bro, everyone could acknowledge that the scales were fucked. When Charles weighed in the first time, it was one fifty-six, and he had an hour to go. Why would he stop the weight cut If he's 156 with an hour to go Even when he was on the scales he was looking around like "What? The, what is this like he was like this isn't right You could tell something was up Yeah The UFC knows something was up I mean I know Charles got paid Got his pay per view points We'll get to the pay per view number in a bit But this was nonsense really This this whole weight thing and The UFC should have um, So, Well it's not even the UFC's fault Nevada no uh, Arizona State Athletic Commission are apparently not a very good state athletic commission. And to have scales like this in 2022
0: is yep. just insane. Get it fixed, guys. Get it fixed. Let's but, talk about the fight. Yeah, I was going to say, let's get on to it. I mean, Oliveira obviously overcame that added uh, added trauma from the scales, and he took yeah. it out on, on Justin Gaethje with a first-round submission, as called on Hold On, I'm Talking, Brother.
1: Yeah, uh, nailed it, didn't we? Nailed it
0: again, listeners. It was
1: it, it, You just can't count out Charles Oliveira, even when he's getting pounded on. And we talked about this in the preview episode. The fact that he quit earlier in his career, I think means that he is less susceptible to do that now. He knows what he has to push through to get the win. And Gaethje talked all this about quitting and whatnot. Charles Oliveira... Made him quit. He made Justin Gaethje quit. And not many fighters have been able to do that. The only other one being Khabib. Gaethje tapped. Referee didn't see him. Gaethje went to sleep. Um, Charles Oliveira put on a masterful performance here. I love, love the left leg lift that he does. The sort of, you know, checks leg kicks can also then use it to throw uh front kick if he wants to the body. Um, and Constance just allows himself to reset. It, it, he's just he's so good at setting uh his pace to a fight. And do you know what he he how he reminded me of or who he reminded me of when he finished this fight it was Dustin Poirier. Cause he is like an avalanche when he gets the finishing shot. When he is like I've got this guy it is just over, and there's nothing you can do about
0: it. Charles Oliveira was masterful in this fight. He was, uh, and as you say, he, he didn't he didn't quit. He did have to come through adversity. He was knocked down by Gaethje. My question for you, Joe, is when Gaethje's knocked him down, Oliveira is hurt, yeah. Gaethje looks at him, and it, normally his instinct would be to go and finish that fight. Yeah. Now, obviously... He was shook. He was terrified about ending up on the mat with Charles. Yeah. Um, understandably, understand, understandably, yes. I mean, he, he saw what happened to, to Poirier. Yeah. Uh, he remembers what Khabib did to him. Yeah. Still, my question is should he have followed him down to the mat?
1: Well, if you look at Charles's records, Paul Felder beat him at lightweight. And Paul failed to beat him by going into Charles's guard and pounding him out there. Charles Oliveira has found a way to game the system to have, essentially, rest in the middle of a fight. Gets knocked down to the ground. He lies on his back. He's like, come on, come in. I know, I know you're not going to do it, so you just allow me to recover. And you're just not following up on these shots. What I find really strange is, if you're Gaethje, is your ground game that bad? Whereby you can't just smash Oliveira down into the ground in his guard.
0: But Joe, or- you know, we're not we're not just talking about that. We're also talking about Gaethje is a former, you know, NCAA, NCAA, 00. yeah, champ. like a wrestling champ. Yeah. Uh, much was made of that going into his fight against Khabib. I, I just find it astonishing that he does not have the confidence in his game to go down and. Uh, Probably finish a weakened Oliveira. I'm actually watching a clip of it now. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oliveira ends up, hands by his side, looking up at the sky. It's a brief moment. Gaethje kind of, uh, you know, he's he's not going to launch the H-bomb. It's not Michael Busby yeah. and Dan Henderson. Yeah. But he's going to follow him down, and he could have won the fight. I just, I just think that speaks to, already now, the... Um, Mental baggage these guys ca- are carrying coming in mm. to fight Oliveira. I really feel like well, I feel like Poirier was beaten before he went in the ring, and I, I think the same has kind of happened here to Gaethje as
1: well. I don't think Poirier was beaten before he got into the ring. I think that second round is what defeated him. Uh, oh, okay, sorry, Al- yeah. Charles.
0: I, I agree with you there. What I what I meant is that like the trigger was set. Yeah. I.e., like once he was down on the mat and he had felt it. That was it. He was shot. He was gone. He was so worried yeah. about that eventuality um, playing out. When it eventually did wake up, play out, he just he folded. Um,
1: yeah, uh, and you've you've seen as well, by the way, that going into his guard realistically isn't as bad as you think. Michael Chandler dove in there like an absolute wrecking ball, and we, you know we'll get to Michael Chandler again in, in a moment. He. He shows that like you can go into this guy's guard. And when you really think about it, at the top of these divisions, particularly at the top at lightweight, how many people get submitted from guard? Like how many people submit people from guard? It's very rare. And you have to think what he's gonna go for is what a triangle? Maybe he could transition to an arm bar. Those are his two main options. And I've got to think somewhere, Gate. He must have trained BJJ at some stage <laughs> so that he knows how to defend a fucking triangle from top position from top position yeah
0: yeah yeah definitely definitely. and it's
1: like it's 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 bizarre bizarre and i think that some people are somewhat overstating charles's guard because it's a guard like he as as we said there's only a couple things he's really going to be able to do i mean he could be active he could tangle you up and then active and throw elbows and shots from there but i mean it's strange strange approach
0: for Gaethje and it just didn't work um, Just last note on this fight then Joe, who uh, who's next for both of these guys? Gaethje well, should Gaethje ever get a title shot next? Uh, ever again so. <laughs> Well I'm uh, a bit loath to ride him off uh, forever <laughs> uh, The man is what, 34 approximately?
1: I'm only saying two defeats in title fights, like you don't get many more. Yoel he's Romero Joel g- he- Romero got three and then he was just like nah you're, you're, then, you're not the type
0: and then he was out of the UFC yeah um, what I would say is Gaethje's got to go de- down a long way in, in the division uh, he needs let's say he needs three wins over top 10s before we start I, you know the name I'm going to shout out uh, I feel like there's a lot of names no go on Fazeev <laughs> Fazeev now a top 10 uh, top 10 fighter and he's fighting RDA again they got that booked. Right, right. So, yeah, the winner of that fight versus Gaethje Yeah. Uh, uh, Riddell's got a fight booked against Jalen Turner. We, we need to start moving some of these killers up through the division as well. Sarukian. I mean, Sarukian. Oh, Ga- Sarukian Gaichi. Gamrot. Gamrot. Gamrot.
1: Whoa. Absolutely. Now we're talking, we're talking some big boy language. All right, I'm going to ask the question for you Do we cancel Dariush versus Makachev and just make Makachev
0: versus Oliveira? No. <gasps> no nope. Wow. Nope. Nope. wow! I want I want that fight to happen, Joe. I'm sorry. Really? Yes, yes. I feel quite strongly wow. about it as well. Would you like you really? me to? Would you, would you like explain, me to explain, explain why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, both of these guys I, I are have the same trajectory for me, Dariush and Makachev. Uh, they have quite similar games.
1: Yeah.
0: Quite similar games. i am generally anti-wrestler in the i feel that it's the dominant uh dominant discipline within martial arts i feel like a good wrestler goes very very far without even necessarily having to have all the other facets of the game so where you have two great wrestlers on good runs uh we don't need them both up there in the title title contender picture we just right,
1: you're saying? Get rid of one. Get rid of one of them.
0: Yeah, get rid of the one. And I feel like it's a bit harsh to to Dariush as well. To you know, he's, he's 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 got on a good run himself. So,
1: so. I think, yeah, maybe, maybe Darius as well. He's got more. He does like to throw hands a bit more than than.
0: Um, well, Makachev is totally damage averse. Joe. He doesn't want to yeah. take any risks. He's very clinical you know. yeah. he, he's, he has just the superior style um, yeah. but I'd like to see Darius challenge that
1: Darius versus Oliveira would be a great fight by the way Oof, yeah. as we saw with uh, when he fought Carlos Diego Ferreira who he again can, is a, a he brilliant he, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he'll dive in there yeah. and he, he Darius as well w- he was a world champion in the gi as well so this is not someone to be trifled with on the ground uh,
0: um, yeah I, I'd say that and then that's the number one contender fight right I mean, like, are you saying, also, uh, Makachev's strong favourite versus Dariush? Yeah. Strong favourite? I wouldn't have
1: I'd have him favourite.
0: I mean, let's just be clear here. Dariush himself, he's on a seven-fight win streak.
1: Do you know what I'm thinking as well with the Dariush one? As you say, Makachev's very risk-averse. And Dariush does have dynamite hands. Well, yeah, ask Trapper close. Ask yeah. Scott Holtzman Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's he has finishing ability in those hands. So it, uh, yeah, you know what? You're right. This should be made as a number one contender fight. It's a good um, fight.
0: It's a it's a really good fight.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. You convinced me. You convinced me. Right. Should we talk about the co-main quickly? Uh
0: very very quickly.
1: Um, is this the worst fight we've ever seen?
0: Uh no, because I didn't watch all of it. <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons, Joe. I mean, it it didn't look like it was going to change after the first two or three rounds, and uh, that was enough for me. I'd,
1: it was. It, I'm, I'm going to say. I'm going to say straight up. It's
0: it's the worst fight I've ever seen. I mean, it just, just... The, the only caveat to that is, I wasn't expecting fireworks. I wasn't expecting Derek Lewis, Francis and garner. <laughs> so it's maybe not the worst fight i've ever seen because i knew i don't have to watch all of it whereas francis versus Derek lewis i had to i had to you know it might something yeah come
1: on. Uh, the, so. four four minutes you know 30 seconds left of the third round you're like oh you don't we don't know exactly yeah exactly all right fair enough fair enough i still think this is the worst fight i've ever seen
0: only question for you on the fight is uh did carla win but did Rose lose? That's what Nama Yunus is. <laughs> That's her say. point, yeah. Well, I mean, but speaking on that quickly before I take your answer, there, uh, we do always say you've got to go and beat the champ. I, I very much stand I d- by. I that. disagree with. It. I disagree oh, with. Oh, you that. do. Okay. I'm not. I'm not one for that sort of thing. Oof.
1: I think. I think Carlos Spaza She won the fight. That means she's the champ.
0: She did win the fight. Is that your perspective?
1: <sighs> like, as I, I said, to, I... to to a deep. Dark place <laughs> to think about that fight again. Darker than Caitlyn Chukagian's Twitter likes, but you know we're talking.
0: What well, can um, you just? Can you give us a an example of one of those? <laughs> Not to sully the uh, pod, but
1: uh, it's, it's those. They were certainly something I will say. Those uh, Chukagian likes. Um, yeah, a lot of interracial porn in there. Oh, um, anyway, let's uh, let's. Um, <laughs> is that what, you weren't expecting that?
0: Ah, uh, no. No, I was I not absolutely. but Caitlin you know it's a free country.
1: It's a free country indeed. Um, I don't know I mean I I think I had Rose winning it from my notes every round that I had Rose winning I had a question mark next to Rose so I was just I wasn't sure. How Where many that?
0: rounds were there Joe? The, five. No I well, know, in, three oh, well as Rose. I said I didn't make it for five <laughs> for me there were I think two and a half rounds and I didn't dwell too deeply because I didn't want to go to that dark place that you experienced. But my feeling was on the first round on yeah. the first round that that Rose won Yeah the round. And that was because um Carla wasn't able to implement her game in any way. Yeah. And yeah, Carla I, I, needs I, to go I, and do that to beat Rose. So
1: Yeah, I, I I think it's fair enough. Um I mean I'm not I, upset.
0: I'm not upset that Carla's the champ. That's fine. No,
1: I think this also puts to bed as well that Rose Nami-Yunis, is she one of the greatest of all time conversations? I mean, we had that conversation on the last pod, uh, obviously mocking that. Um, this was, she talked about afterwards as well, why isn't my defence getting praised? And It's like, because your defence is not part of the scoring criteria.
0: It's not boxing. Like, it's, this is not part of it. Hold on, Joe. I've got to jump in. Go on. Now this goes into this whole philosophy, anti-wrestler philosophy that that carries me. It's my guiding light uh, yeah. here on the pod. The, the thing is, I also would not be happy. Like like Carla would could win that fight by taking Rose down, holding her there, and landing no damage. Right? Yeah. We know that 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 yeah. that happens. Actually, Scott Coker over in Bellator was out there yeah. complaining about that in the Venom and Page fight. Yeah. Now um, we don't talk about Bellator here on this pod. <laughs> Until the money comes through, at least, um, yeah. Scott. You know, send us an email.
1: We d- we, uh, yeah, we don't watch much regional MMA, but we are uh,
0: unless the we... money's good, Scott. Yeah, exactly. You know, hook a brother up. <clears throat> uh, yeah. yeah. So look, Rose prevented that. She did not get taken down. She is a yeah. striker. Her mission is to stay on her feet and evade that danger. That's Carla's only weapon, and Rose <laughs> evaded that. So I would credit that. I, I you know, I'm not going to die on this hill.
1: But, no but it's not a sc- it's not scoring criteria and also the judges have to base it off of the fight itself not what their potential game plan is going to be sure and also we need to talk about this none of those rounds were 10-10 the commentators like do you know what a 10-10 round looks like in MMA Tom do you want to take a guess <laughs> Nothing. just both fighters standing exactly that yeah. both fighters standing still and circling and doing nothing if they throw four strikes each in a round, the judges have to ch- decide whose four strikes were more impactful. Right,
0: and but th- that's it. Joe, Joe yeah. That that is the uh, how how it is. But without prolonging this discussion about this fight too much longer, no. I think we both feel like that isn't how it should be. Right, we want to see rounds that are razor close, where you can't pick a winner, where it's flip of a coin. We want to see, or at least I believe we share this opinion. We want to see them scored uh, as as ties, or you want to make it easier to have a ten eight. You can't have a guy absolutely murder someone in one round and pick up a ten nine, and then just narrowly lose, narrowly you know, back and forth in the other two rounds and but lose then, the fight. That's that's not right.
1: Well, then do we uh, you know bring in the pride? style scoring where it's the so overall fight soccer
0: kicks to the head yeah
1: no no but like you judge the overall fight you don't judge it round by round
0: no no you just loosen up those criteria in in the rounds themselves I mean I, like if you just if there's like let's say you take any round from that fight yeah. right and then you think about some of the absolute dominant 10-9s we've had like one dominant 10-9 like Woodley won like this by the way uh against Wonderboy in yeah. that you know the rounds that Wonderboy won were extremely close. Uh, but Woodley only landed like one knockdown and they were scored for 10 giving giving Woodley the fight. Most people felt like that was alright because he had landed the greater damage. Uh, but that is not how it's universally applied. You see way too many 10-9s. I would score most of these 10-10. I would change the way that they're scored.
1: I totally disagree on that. I totally disagree on that. I just, I, I don't... I don't want to get into this thing of like this sort of neutral scoring thing of like oh a round's close ah I'll just uh, a ten ten is fine then mm. no I you have to you have to put your flag into the ground okay. and say I'd rather this I'd rather this than what you you're suggesting
0: all, all right Joe so instead let me propose something different then uh it should be easier to get a ten eight um i don't know joe i I can't i don't sorry (laughs) we need to get this out there right now if you have a three round fight two rounds where nobody lands any damage but one guy lands five more punches let's say and then you have a third round
1: But it's not about the quantity it's about the damage that's done no i'm saying that guy might land five more shots but all right so then he landed more damage in those rounds
0: the damage is marginal nobody's really taken any damage
1: yeah the judges have to make a decision they can score them
0: 10 nines all right and then let's say in the third third round somebody lands a huge shot and you know opens up a cut or something yeah but it's still reasonably even but one fighter at the end of the fight that's not
1: a 10-8 that's not a 10-8 no okay that's that can't be a 10-8 10-8 i live by this thing of okay in boxing you have the 10-8 happens when you get a knockdown and the second one's a 10-7 and that's the end of it you can't have any more than that but I so is I feel, a knockdown. I feel like and, a ten eight. I feel like it a ten an... eight has to be total domination. Wow! And well, I yeah,
0: really I, disagree. I, Listeners, tune in for the special here. I, th- I feel like Joe and I can go on for an <laughs> an hour on this because I have a lot more we, to say, and I'm sure you yeah, do too. We'll, I tell you what, we'll do
1: this next week. We'll do we'll do a scoring criteria one, and we'll bring bring up some examples, and we'll
0: and we'll, possibly we'll do we'll do we'll do an episode. Time that in with a Bellator special. <laughs> <you know. laughs> Yeah, the money comes through, Scott. Yeah,
1: Scott, get get us uh, get us tickets for the uh, Romero Manhoef fight in <laughs> Dublin, and uh, we'll be, that'll uh, do. Yeah, that'll do. Right, let's talk about this. Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler. Two questions for this. Did Tony Ferguson win round one? No, no, I didn't have that either. Um, and then, is this the knockout of the year? Oh God, it
0: hurts, doesn't it, uh, Joe? Honestly, I gotta tell you right now. Yeah, uh, I was like head in hands, nauseous with what with what we saw there. I, it was I didn't really? I didn't enjoy it at all. No. There was there, I wasn't like I, didn't, I There was no wow or that's incredible. It was like oh god. Yeah. like and I still feel that kind of tension coming over me now. So it's very hard. I need some time before before I start talking about how how good it was
1: um it was that was one of the most insane knockouts I've ever seen, and my reaction to it was a mixture of I literally jumped up from my seat, knocked my chair back <laughs> hands on head. I'd, I was watching this early in the morning and I wanted to scream and I just couldn't do it. I had to hold it in hold on, I'm not screaming, brother, but this, <laughs> it was I was just I couldn't believe it. He saw this opening, bang down the middle. And he threw this kick, which I think he's only thrown once before in his life against Pitbull. And he did that as a kind of like floaty little shot to create distance. He absolutely leathered Tony Ferguson with this shot. And we're going to have to get used to seeing it, Tom. Because that is going to be a highlight reel UFC knockout for the rest of our lives. Like that was truly one of the most shocking knockouts i've ever seen oh no no question about that no question and i just could not i, could, I it, it, it took it, my breath away
0: it was it was jaw dropping i mean it took my capacity to eat f- away for <laughs> for quite some time it was just now just to explain that to the listeners now obviously yes we uh have a picture of a younger tony on 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 the cover up mm. um for the podcast our name of the podcast is a is a tribute to the time he faced down Fabrizio (laughs) I Uh, watched that again the other day (laughs) I love that that clip so much sorry what happened to Fabrizio Verdun he's gone yeah he's gone and the podcast lives on as a tribute to Tony now the context here was that Tony had come to a very dark place for this camp he's lost three fights in a row everything's riding on this uh, he's had some mental health difficulties, and he's come out, and he's looking pretty good in the first round. He didn't win it, but no. it was exciting, Joe. And it was like, all yeah. right, I'm looking forward to this second. Um, the fact it happened like that, like so publicly, so oh my god, it, I just
1: yeah, to, to, <sighs> yeah, it takes the breath away, doesn't it? It's uh, it's it was it was a bit of a sickener after well, that initial it, high for me.
0: It's also like the time he spent out on the mat, you, you really. Yeah. And when they when the when they've got him propped up next to the ref trying to yeah, <laughs> trying to give the decision to Chandler Tony's. He's gone, Joe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was feet crossed, eyes staring out into nothing as Michael Chandler hits eight backflips in a row. You know, doing like amazing. a Buzz and style celebration. It was amazing. Um, shit, man! Like it, it's it's a shame that Tony had to be sacrificed to Michael Chandler, but he was in reality. And Michael Chandler, I think, is coming back up into title contention. Already. He's a star,
0: Joe. I got to he is a star. a He's brought great okay. energy to. to if the you UFC, could see
1: Michael Chandler fight one more time this year, any weight division, one fifty five, one seventy. <laughs>
0: Who you, who do you want to see him fight? Ooh. I can't imagine wanting to, to see him at, at 170 oh, When
1: I say 170 That would be for a Nate Diaz Conor McGregor fight It's one of those two
0: uh, I'm reluctant to say His name Conor's name But <laughs> <laughs> <You're>, Well <laughs> but. You, I, think, I, I think you've answered it I think you've answered it <laughs> The Connor fight really. The Connor fight. I, I, that's that's my instinct. I know I'm trying to fight that instinct, Joe. It makes me feel dirty. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah Connor is the one where I'm like, those two on the mic, their energy I I think that's a blockbuster fight. Poirier is the other one I'm looking at where I'm like, Jesus, that would be barnstorming.
0: Yeah, getting some good traction there, uh, on the on the Twitter back and forth, the whole thing like Chandler mm-hmm. forgot about Poirier and the in the call-outs, doesn't know who... Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, is it. exactly, exactly. It, it's... Uh, oh, man, I don't know. It's, yeah, McGregor or Poirier, either one of those I'm happy with.
0: So, the only other comment is, I feel like, as we've mentioned previously uh, on the pod, this mm. division has a lot of young killers coming up. Right. Bro, we ain't fighting Gamrot. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's get that out there. No, of course not. Of course not. And I'm saying, like, yeah, I, I I'm on I'm on the train. I, I want to enjoy it too. But we've got to start getting these guys up there. Where is Shiruki and where is Faziv? Where is Gamrot? Um, they need to be fighting. You can't have a top when you've got those guys I just mentioned, you cannot have rank nine Tony Ferguson, rank eight Conor McGregor, rank seven <laughs> RDA, like, you yeah. just can't, that's outrageous. It's outrageous.
1: RDA, RDA is not as bad as an egregious as the other two. No, but...
0: apologies to RDA for that. <laughs> but, but, still, but still, like Joe, all right, RDA versus uh, Shurukyan. Who you cool. got? Don't even play oh. games with me. You've got Armin Shirukian. I know you have. have <laughs> got
1: Sarukian, Of course yeah. you have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tony Ferguson versus uh, Gamrot. Who have you got? I, I'll,
1: go, I'll go Gamrot. All right,
0: and my obviously. point is made. You've got to get these. They deserve to be fighting higher up. What about Marco Madsen? Where
1: does he fit into all this? Oh, like, let's, oh, no, don't right. All right, sully the all right, all right, all right. Let's let's wrap this up. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, run through. Have you looked at the card for the Holly Holm, Caitlin Vieira? Uh,
0: not not with a main event like that, Joe. You're not gonna have me looking past that moment. All right,
1: on, no. all right, all right. Here we go. Uh, all right, I'm gonna run through.
0: This is next Saturday, by the way. This listeners. is this is this is uh, Saturday coming.
1: Yeah, this Saturday. Yeah. I'm going to run through the main card and you're just going to pick a name and you're going to tell me as well which fight is the fight of the year that I've got lined up on this. Joseph Holmes versus Alan Amadovsky. I'm having Amadovsky. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely got a foreign name. It's got a slight Abe Lincoln beer. Oh, our boy, Eric Anders versus Chun Yong Park. Chung Yong Park. Yeah, cool. Pollyanna Viana versus Tabitha Ricci. Viana. Uh, cool. Who is
0: Tabitha Ricci do you know, Joe?
1: She is a straw white Brazilian straw Have you dude. seen her for-
0: Tabitha Ritchie and she's Brazilian? Oh yeah, hold, I know, up, right? hold the mic. Tabitha Ritchie.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. Uh I think she's a BJJ world champion. Oh. G- sold.
0: Sold. I'll take yeah. one Tabitha
1: Ritchie. Chidi Nunj J- Chidi <laughs> versus Dusko Tudorovic.
0: Uh I've seen Todorovic before. I'm going to have him.
1: Yes. Uh Santiago Ponzanibio
0: <laughs> versus Michelle Pereira. Who?
1: Ponzanibio? Oh, versus. Oh I'm kidding. i am come on, That's lad. a
0: banger. That's no, that that's is that is something to be very excited about listeners. Don't bother with the rest. Uh if you're light on time but that yeah, that sounds very appealing. That's, that's two crowd banger. pleasers, two favorites.
1: We're picking Pons though, aren't we? <laughs>
0: So you've been very dismissive of Pereira, Pereira in the past. No,
1: I'm just saying he's boring now. That's, oh, that's get out of here. <laughs> get boring. out of here.
0: In what world is that man boring? He he's... doesn't do
1: the backflips anymore. He's boring. Like, I'm trying to wrap this up, mate. I've got. I
0: actually got to go. He's got a, tra- <laughs> got a train to catch. Got the rails to that maintain. Alright, I'm, I'm going to have Pereira.
1: Jesus Christ. What a mark. And then Holly Holm versus Caitlin Vieira.
0: I refuse to comment on the Holly Holm main event. Right,
1: yeah. Thank you, listeners, for uh, for joining us for this whirlwind episode. We'll be back next week potentially to talk about this uh, Ponzinibbio versus Pereja fight and, and the scoring criteria. <laughs> We're going to get into it next week. I'm 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 banging to that. If you're if you're up for that, Tom.
0: Yeah, you know, I can I can imagine the fan mail right now. I don't know if we'll get through <laughs> it. Or
1: excellent right listeners thank you for joining us and tom thank you so much for joining me
0: congratulations joe and, oh yeah i'm uh, the champ, I'm are, the champ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's, there was a blood moon and uh, joe is the champ it's a weird year
1: yeah. thank you michael Chandler, for the knockout thank you carla Esparza for that grinding decision victory can't believe i picked rose by knockout that was, uh, that was a crazy <laughs> decision right uh speak to you next week uh everyone goodbye Bye bye